0: Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi guys. Hi. Welcome back to part two of our back to school series. Is what we're calling it If you were here listening last week We had on Sarah Murdoch A.K.A. North Country Littles on Instagram And Dr. Beth Kantrowitz A.K.A. A Real Life Momtourage Listener Today we're going to have on Jessica Lisboa Who is an influencer at This season's gold is her name for her blog And on Instagram She is a real life educator She's going to be giving us her opinions And then we're talking to Carrie's best friend Yeah we're talking to my
1: best friend Valerie Chandler-Mascores who is a mother of four kids, triplets and another one, and has kids of various learning needs. And she's going to discuss what this fall looks like for her and how other parents of differently abled kids can try their best to navigate this very, very
0: crazy time i'm so glad you took that away for so many reasons but mostly because i just can't say her whole name for some reason and i get like brain fog about it anyway totally fine yeah as always we have our hashtag swag bag and up next the The tits tits and the the shits wow today is a good day
1: well if i may my tits are we are kind of killing it a little bit oh yeah we are slaying it might also be my shits <laughs> I'm into this combined tits and shits situation but Ashley and I have really I'm just gonna pat us on the back we've been really laying some kind of incredible foundation both for momtourage and for each other separately I don't
0: feel like I'm really killing it for myself right now by myself but I'm glad you are I, do. I would you've agree been, that you you've are. been doing
1: like interviews with The super nanny and stuff. I'm just saying, Like, I I know you don't feel like you're killing it, but we've been laying some personal groundwork, which of course always also lends itself to mom-tourage stuff. But we've also been working really, really hard at laying the foundation for some really great stuff with mom-tourage. It's true. And so I'm really proud of that. We work so well together. We really do. Yeah, agreed. And I've talked about this on the show before, but after I had a baby, I really felt like the opposite of an achiever. And that's, that's my own thing because having a baby and keeping another human being alive is a major achievement. Yeah. But for me, it felt so different than like some of the goals that I had had in my life before. It feels nice to invest in something that's really just for me. I mean, of course, the more we invest in ourselves, it's also for our children, but it just feels nice. Yeah. The shits of that is that Ashley and I
0: are exhausted. <laughs> I am wiped, man.
1: Yesterday, I think I said, hi, I'm Ashley.
0: When we were recording, <laughs> I was like, no, did. I'm not Ashley. At one point today, I caught myself just sitting on the sofa, staring at the wall. <laughs> I was just so beaten down and tired. I It was like, I sat down for a second and it, I just, you know, when you just like, forget there's other stuff that has to get done yep uh, yesterday's food I didn't eat anything
1: for myself I just ate scraps from everybody's plate
0: yeah that's like a built-in diet
1: yeah seriously except I don't think it's working anyway <laughs> yeah that, that's my tits and the shits are that I, I'm just I'm just wiped but Ashley and I have a little vacation coming not yeah. together I wish we were taking vacation together but, but it got
0: timed pretty perfectly yeah so we
1: we are ahead of schedule and we'll have a little bit of time to relax. Oh, God, I'm
0: so excited to just relax a little bit. I mean, you have a longer
1: one. I only have four days, but. Yeah. My other shits is uh, whenever I get a fresh haircut, it is just weird for a little while before I figure it out. (laughs) And so um, I look like Eric Trump right now.
0: Yeah, you said that yesterday. I don't see it. Maybe it's because you're
1: I look like a in- good
0: boy that just got a haircut. <laughs> you know, like when little kids get a fresh
1: haircut and they kind of look like baby senators. I kind of look like a baby senator.
0: <laughs> I gave um, Matt and Sebastian haircuts this morning. And Matt's was way shorter than he wanted it. Way shorter than Nothing he wanted it. Nothing says
1: long lasting relationship. Like a
0: little bit too short of a personal haircut. There you I give. mean, I don't think it looks bad at all. I like it. I like him with... Short hair. He doesn't like it. You it know? was just
1: arresting to the eyes, probably.
0: Um, I mean, it's a little, it's it's a little too much responsibility for me, if I may be so honest. You know, Yo, Lee was like the other
1: day when I cut Lee's hair. He was like, he said, "I want deep channels." I was like, Lee, I'm not a hairdresser. I don't. I like can. I can follow what you got, make it shorter, but you can't say things like, I want deep channels. Yeah, what does that even mean? I guess that's when they like thin out the hair so it lays better. I'm like, Who I uses I don't that
0: terminology? I've never heard that. What about you? What are your tits and shits? So my tits are, so I got to go to this fun online event hosted by Osmo and Hilaria Baldwin this week. Osmo, I had told you guys, it was the reason I'm scared of homeschooling. <laughs> (laughs) Although it's a great piece of technology, I don't love that it made my son and I fight, but he's three, so maybe it'll... Probably would have happened anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we fight all the time, I guess, except we're not fighting. I just get upset, he gets upset, and then I move away from the situation and uh, emote somewhere else. But anyway, Hilaria Baldwin, you know her as mother of a zillion children. Wife of Alec Baldwin. Exactly. Yoga teacher extraordinaire. Somehow maintains like a size zero, even when she's pregnant. It's kind of incredible. It's incredible. I, I'm telling you, I had no idea she was pregnant. And I then think she, she like, made a deal with the devil or something. She might have. And she's very pretty, let me tell you. That Zoom camera right up close to her. A Zoom camera, I look like Humpty Dumpty. And she <laughs> looked beautiful. You know, it's not Momtourage unless we talk about how beautiful somebody is. It's true. But it was really interesting because I feel like she's known as this kind of holistic zen hippy dippy kind of mom so for her to be partnering up with something that promotes screen time was kind of fascinating to me but i got to ask her this question and and i asked her that it seems like the trend for mindful mamas is no screens so how is osmo different and how do you deal with screens
2: within your mindful health forward lifestyle and this is what she had to say i think that's a great question and and this is my my struggle all the time. Um I I am the kind of person that, you know, in our pre-COVID life, I would take the the kids have iPads, which I would feel extraordinarily uh guilty about all the time. Um and, you know, I would I would save them for certain moments of like, I want to take a shower. You know what I mean This like, and you like sit the kid on the floor with the iPad, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to get into the shower um but then eventually we got to a place um where I would just be able to put them away for like a month if I hide, if I hid them, then it was just gone, and I was somebody who was extremely um proud of that. You know, it was one of those things that I would like tell my friends. I'd be like, oh, look, we, I've hid the iPads for like so long and they haven't even asked about it. And I would just like we go out to museums and we on the weekends and we would, you know, the kids would come home late and we want to, you know, from school and we'd want to have dinner together and we'd want to have our family time. And I'm not going to give them a screen for that. And then, um, you know, we would take the the subway to Coney Island. There's always I more mean, New Yorkers. It's so much fun stuff to do, even in the winter when the, the weather is difficult to get out. And then COVID hit and it was interesting because, you know, aside from all the sort of the traumatic events that that came along with it, you know, the kids are seeing the screens all the time because this is the way that they were interacting with their school. There was no other way that they could have done their schoolwork. And what I found is that the out of sight, out of mind, of like, you're just not going to see the iPads. You're not going to ask about it. All of a sudden, the iPad was present of their day lives. Again, on top of that, the play dates. So it was just iPad was there. And it was something that I really, really, really struggled with emotionally. I have to say that Osmo helped me a lot with this because of the realization that it doesn't have to be this guilt shaming that happens amongst mothers particularly but parents of oh my god that one she just gives him she just gives her kids screen all the time um, of realizing that i can actually teach my kids as i said before to have a healthy relationship with technology I am using technology for a particular purpose right now. And that purpose might be, I'm doing my school. I am calling my yaya over in Spain. I am uh, going and, um, you know, watching uh, like me, I'm watching Grey's Anatomy right now. I'm almost done with it. I can't, me who never watches anything every single night, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy, you know, and all this stuff that's okay too. But then to teach them that you can be, active, like an active play versus, you know, the rabbit hole of YouTube that I've banned, you know, I mean, I've I've banned, they're just like not allowed to, to do that. But teaching them how to use technology, I think is extremely important. And then not, not just realizing that this is kind of an inevitable thing, but it's actually a gift, you know, going before, like, I want them to learn how to speak this language, particularly coding language in a way that I never did you know, and nor could I, you know, even if I had super tech parents, like I, I couldn't do it because it didn't exist back then. And now it's something that is very present for them. So I think teaching them mindful technology rather than just being like no technology, which is what I used to do at the beginning. My husband pointed out also, he's like, Larry, like you can't, you can't be so anti like movies and everything like he's like, you do realize like I work in movies like you're going uh, to <laughs> there's like something is I'm I'm the father too. I'm in this and you know, I like watching movies, because I was like no screens, they will watch nothing. Um, so I've learned to move with the times a little bit. And I'm feeling less and less guilty about it. Whereas like before I was like, Oh my god, I could never post like a picture of an iPad on Instagram, because I'm gonna get mom shamed from it. Like I'm, I'm over that now.
0: Isn't that cool? Thanks, Hilaria. Thanks, Hilaria. Yeah, my I am just pooped, man. I like, this week has really made me wonder how I'm going to fit in those 45 minutes of homeschooling every day in the fall. And am I supposed to be doing that now? Like, I just don't know. I don't know. I have so many questions. Part of the reason we're doing this two-part series is for me, hoping that we can turn to experts who then can answer some questions for me. But, you know. Anyway, that's the tits and the shits. Hang out. Val is up next. Okay, so you have heard
1: us speak of our guest before many, many times. She is my best friend, which I have been dying to interview you. Like, I'm literally crying and smiling at the same time right now. She is the super mom of triplets, plus she has another son, which makes me feel bad for him because I'm like, plus another son. But you know, that's right. She has four boys. She has become an advocate for kids of all varying ranges of learning abilities because she is the mom of kids of all different learning abilities. She is one badass mother. Welcome to the show, my bestie of all time, Valerie chandler <laughs> perfect. Is that weird? that I just intro you? Yeah, it's totally weird. <laughs> My bestie of all time. And friends of the pod should know that we call each other mom. We
3: do, and I'm going to say it and it's going to be so weird that I do that.
1: And it happened organically because the only other person that both of us talked to, well, in olden times, not so much anymore, is we used to talk to our moms only as much as we talked to each other. So we would just accidentally call each other mom and it just stuck.
0: All right, so tell us about yourself, about your kids, how old they are what each of their unique learning needs are, all the fun stuff. So Carrie and I met 100 years ago
3: in LA when I was acting. And in 2012, I became a first-time mother... (laughs) Of triplets, and uh, basically, <laughs> my life has been devoted as we do to our kids ever since. And they are going to be eight in a couple of days. Wow! wow.
1: And you, their their birthdays are right around your birthday, yes. so you're going to be eight too.
0: Eight before <laughs> no one Cares about mine anymore. Wait, you don't just have to share your birthday with one kid. You have to share your birthday with three mine kids. Has been completely erased. Oh boy! And then my
3: baby is almost two and a half. Uh, which is was really fun to be pregnant at the same time Carrie was with Luna. And it was a, you know, obviously totally different experience. It was a
0: joy in
3: comparison to triplets. which
0: I do not recommend to anyone. Oh, I didn't know you guys were pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had no idea. That's so There's nice. There's a
1: ridiculous picture of us both trying to breastfeed best pictures of all time. Also, I was just so happy for you when you had one because you could take the baby out and you could like do one-on-one baby things, which you never had done before. It was really like nice that you got to experience that.
3: But the triplets, they're completely different learning needs and obviously individuals. I have one kid who is autistic. I have one kid who has language-based disabilities, uh, including dyslexia. And then the third is a very high IQ, like he scores in the superior range on all all the uh, spectrums of the IQ test. So that's what I've been dealing with. And I've just learned to accept that everyone is a special snowflake and to <laughs> go with it. <laughs> It's all unexpected all the time.
1: So, I mean, I know the answer to this question, and it's beautiful and heartbreaking all at the same time, but how have you had to learn to advocate for all of your children?
0: Well,
3: first, you have to just accept that everyone has a different need, and it's most likely not going to be the one that you have for yourself or the one that you have placed expectations on for your child. So when Cash, that's my autistic son, was around two years old, he lost language ability completely. And uh, it was obvious that he was in need of occupational therapy, like fine motor skills, grasping his fork, drinking on his own. Now he presents as like an acrobat in Cirque du Soleil. And he does use um, one to two word sentences. He gets his point across. But The years it took to get there was a huge learning curve for me. And it's a lot of accepting where your child is and meeting his individual needs all the time. And that's really hard to do to like get out of your own mind of what you thought parenting was going to be what you thought your kid was going to be like, and the fact that he is a triplet and constantly compared to his brothers. That's just a natural instinct for people to do. And then on the other side, I have Tristan, who is dyslexic and uh, struggled in school. And it was very obvious by first grade, he wasn't learning to read very simple words like cat dog, you just have to go through the process of evaluation and say, this is not, not a reflection of you as a parent and what you have or haven't done it is just meeting your child's needs at every turn and then phoenix <laughs> who is opposite he's doing my taxes already <laughs> <laughs> and you know typical schooling we moved into the neighborhood we live in with the hopes of sending our children to the school to public school i was very involved in this community you know all of this i was very involved with the community in this the educational process of the public schooling system here and then none of your kids can go to that and school then zero <laughs> are actually in the school there now and it was a process so public school is tricky you they cannot turn any individual away this is a law so They met. This is why we have you on because this is the school episode. So please, school (laughs) up. So, New York State is difficult in that they don't turn children away who have obvious needs. So, the principal met my all three of my children when they were four years old and still in preschool and said, Yes, absolutely, we can meet their needs, which is just a bold faced lie. Sorry, Department of Ed, but it is. And if you met, my autistic son for less than 30 seconds you would say there is no way on the planet he's going to sit in a typical school room of 30 kids and learn
1: he can't sit in a typical household of right, right, 3 right. kids that's,
3: that's absolutely not happening for him so that was like the first barrier and then it goes into okay so how do i get what he needs and and what is that like? I don't know. I, I don't have a clue. You know, this is my first rodeo with this entire thing. So it was a painstaking year of giving myself an ulcer and uh, trying to find where he would fit so that his individual needs were met. To uh, the other two, they they started at the uh, community school, the public school. They had to endure it for a year or two. That's because all my focus was on this one child. It's amazing to me because you
1: put so much focus on Cash, who obviously was the first one that cried out to need attention, right? Yet you still had the wherewithal because I only have one kid who has only regular needs and I barely have attention for her. And you somehow were able to realize that your other two kids at the time also needed attention and different learning styles. And so I really, I have to give it to you. I mean, I give it to you a lot because you're my bestie, but that's incredible because I don't know if I would have been able to <laughs> have enough yeah. energy to realize that my other kids also had needs.
3: Yeah. I didn't have Dimitri, my husband, who grew up with uh, learning disabilities and was very fluent in that world. He had gone to like eight schools before he ever got to high school, trying to find the most appropriate one. I might have let it fall to the wayside even longer than I did with Tristan, who, the child that's dyslexic. I feel like to the outside eye, he seems the most yeah. regular. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because... Because
1: he's such like a, he's such like a kid. Like, he's like goofy and he he's like the most regular of all the kids. So I feel like his learning, his needs might have gone unrecognized because he passes the Correct. easiest. Yes. Like Phoenix demands yes. attention and Cash demands attention for yes. two different reasons. Correct. But you know, Tristan is just like the most regular kid there is. So I feel like his needs might have been easily
3: forgotten. Yes, I agree with that. And honestly, if it wasn't for my husband and Tristan is a carbon copy of him, it would probably have gone unrecognized for much longer than it should have. And then as soon as he got into the proper school setting for him, it was like a complete change. And the reason that it was so noticeable and please help me, mommy, was because he was sad. He lost that, what you're talking about, his playfulness and his sense of self-confidence is what you think of him. It's like the cool kid playground that everyone wants to play with. The funny one and the one that's taking care of everybody and making sure that everyone's included. He had lost that. And it was completely due to his sense of self-confidence in the classroom. Um, And as soon as that happened, I was like, nope, nope. That's devastating. It was really hard. And to get through the system of the public school system has two, I don't know if you guys know this, two acts, like two legal acts. We know nothing. Just so you know, we know nothing. The IDEA Act, which is Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. And the other one is VAPE, Free and Appropriate public education. So these two laws legally provide your child with the appropriate educational setting. And if the public school cannot provide it, then they have to fund you at a private school they can. So this is a legal wow. battle I have been in since my children were four. And for people that don't have the financial capability of of A, hiring a lawyer, B, hiring a psychologist, and the slew of therapists to write up what your child's specific needs are, to go and fight it in a court, to even get to the, I'm air quoting, free public education. I don't know how those children's needs are being met. And I know that the setting that is provided by public, uh, other than like a handful of schools, maybe two. I'm thinking of two particular schools that were appropriate settings for um, autistic children or children with language-based disabilities out of the over 100 that I've visited. (laughs) So it's a very overwhelming and old system. This has been in place since the 70s. I think that the way that our children learn in a public setting, typically, you know, with 30 kids in a classroom, one teacher, and we're supposed to sit there all day and listen to you is old fashioned. And I think it was a good idea to begin with, right. but now it's we just know. not right. Back in 1806
0: yeah. when we started it, that was uh, just through that year and they had kids of all ages in one classroom Valerie, together. That's why I
3: just say olden times. Oh, in right. olden times. In olden times, when we were setting right. the children up for factory work life. <laughs>
0: I understand it, you know. but an early pregnancy. Yes, in early
3: pregnancy, and maybe you got to sixth grade. But now it's just that it's not the way of schooling and that we need to accept that every, every student, even typical learners, are learning individualized, right? No one thinks the same. I
1: wanted to segue this and say, so, yes. First of all, we want to have you on the show again as telling us some of the intricacies of the legal system of trying to get your child assistance. But how does this translate all this stuff that you've just talked about? How does this translate to homeschooling now? Because this is a really specific episode to what the fall might look like.
3: So (laughs) for us, um, for the two that are in uh, special needs schools, their plan is to reopen with two days a week for your child on campus. Their classrooms are never bigger than 10 to begin with. So that's already a small amount of children. I believe they're going to break that into half. This is the plans that have been presented for both schools all three of my children, all three of the triplets rather are in separate schools. Is this Phoenix a school or just Tristan and Cassius? Tristan and Cash. Okay. And they are planning on doing two days a week. Now for someone like me who doesn't have over $100,000 per year tuition money for these children and is funded, my transportation is funded, right? So if your transportation is funded and the DOE is the busing system and they're not partaking in this on-campus learning, then that means that I have to somehow get these children to school at two different campuses at the same exact time at eight in the morning, plus the third at a different campus. And who's going to work? Like, I don't really understand how it's supposed to work. The, The fact is, is that they depend, their stability is on schedule. Like, routine and schedule is what makes these children very stable and crave learning. So, Cash is so much better when he's on a routine. Yes, of course. So, you know, come hell or high water, we're all getting on the train at 6am and going into the city. <laughs> I don't know. That's what's happening. And then the other three days of the week, we are supposed to be doing virtual learning. And you know how that's been the shit show of the century. So all three are on a different program. So I've had to learn how to be a computer person. And that means three separate
1: computers three for each child.
3: Computers, Which I don't have. So uh, my sister gave me a computer. I have my own laptop and then a phone. So that's how we're doing it from eight to three every day. And for Cash, who's in a school for autism, they take screens away in the hopes of trying to get eye contact met, right? So they're very all about not using screens at all. And then suddenly everyone that he cares about and all of his teachers and therapists and and the kids in the classroom are on screen. And he's like... Why are you putting that in my face? He's been refusing it. He gets very, very upset. He closes the computer, he packs up his school bag, and he stares at the window and waits for the bus every morning. So it's been really, really hard. And I don't, I am not a physical therapist, speech therapist. I'm not an occupational therapist. I'm not a, any kind of therapist or any kind of teacher of any sorts, but I've had to suddenly learn to be. And what I've accepted is that this is the time that we're not going to learn the school things that you do every day, but we're going to learn basic living skills.
1: We're going to homestead. Turning on the
3: stove and don't (laughs) burn yourself when the water's
1: we going to make brownies and make some
3: lima beans and grow some shit. And they've all grown, you know, from doing that sort of shit <laughs> that you know, I'm going to follow the kids to the basement and we're all going to play downstairs for a while, which is something Cash didn't used to do. So in that aspect, he has grown, but I would give my left tit to get them back on campus. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare.
1: You're like, this is an avocado. You can grow an avocado from an <laughs>
0: avocado. Let's do this. <laughs> So what advice... Can you give to parents of kids with special needs that are struggling to get the services that they need, especially in all of this pandemic craziness with this loom of homeschooling in the future? I would say
3: that your
0: therapists and your teachers are struggling
3: just as hard as you are. That it's killing them not to be in person, not kneeling next to the desk or the table that your child is sitting at and meeting their needs. Knowing that they care that much has put such sunshine in my heart. (laughs) It really (laughs) has. Um, And and seeing them, you know, they will Zoom or FaceTime you and and give you suggestions on what's going on. You know, what's just checking in with them, what's going on today. And just accepting as a parent that unless you're trained in this, you're not going to suddenly be capable of it. So just meet your children where they are right now. And one day soon, hopefully, we will get back on campus and everything will get back to normal. I'm just trying to give myself a break on it. Like, truly, I'm trying to say, you know... Today, we're going to work on not getting naked in public. You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working on that, Valerie. (laughs) Uh, Me too. (laughs) I could use that homeschooling lesson right now. (laughs) Basic things that you do. Today, we're going to try not to climb the fence and throw things off your neighbor's roof. Uh, uh, You know. For all of the children.
3: (laughs) I have, Cash is a climber. That's his thing. And he's always on my neighbor's roof. My neighbors are in their 90s. It scares
0: me. Oh geez, that's an actual factual story, yeah, factual thing. Wow, he's
1: the, he's the original Spider-Man. <laughs>
0: the thing that has sort of been
3: a rainbow is getting to go to my neighbors and explain oh, well, this is what he's like. And I know it's not cool that he's on your property and on top of your roof and it's scaring the shit out of you every single morning. Also, (laughs) these people exist and it's okay that they're different. There has been a lot of that happening in my neighborhood. And I always like to engage with people that maybe thought, oh, geez, they've got the weird kid or whatever they're thinking. And to say that, you know, this is part of your community and, and he is a part of all that's going around here. And and I want you to know who he is and accept him and meet him where he is. And he will do the same for you.
1: So that's, that's where I am. The situation is tricky, Valerie, as you know, you know, you luckily have financial, you and your husband are financially, I mean, no one is really financially equipped to handle the learning needs of multiple different learning kids. It's a very expensive prospect. But you and your husband are able to kind of meet some of these needs. But there are are so many kids, families who don't even have one iPad, let alone three, and don't, as you mentioned earlier, have the financial ability or the wherewithal or the time to be able to fight the really, really hard fight it is to get their kids the attention that they need. We read this New York Times article that we'll quote earlier in this episode about homeschooling for these families, and so many of them have been put into welfare or shelters because they had to quit their jobs to give full attention to their varying learning needs children. Like, what, in your opinion, and I know you're not a specialist, you're just my friend. You also went to acting school, so neither of us are doctors. You're maybe a little bit smarter than I am. (laughs) However, what, what, in your opinion, are these kids supposed to do with homeschooling? Like, you, at the very least, have the,
3: have the technology. Technology at hand. Yeah, to be able to homeschool these children. I think to myself, this is my constant thought all day is what are these families doing? Even with an iPad in my son's face, it it really doesn't matter. It's where we are in this situation. What can I take from an not even day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis of how can I meet his needs? I've really learned a lot just him being home. And I would say to those parents is, What is happening right now in this hour where you can meet his needs, even if it's something small like potty training, you know, or using a fork, because really learning your ABCs and your math does not mean nearly as much as social living skills. And you don't need a computer to do that. You just need someone to be present with their child for long enough to say, this is the issue and I am capable of helping. And that's all you can do at this moment. That's all you can do. That's all any of us can do. That makes I'm just teared up a little bit when you said that. Yeah, I mean it's partially
1: the wine, but it's also (laughs) (laughs) it's meeting your child where they're at. Second, that's hard enough if your kid is right there with you. Let alone maybe a little bit miles away. Yeah.
0: So, what is your biggest takeaway from having? special needs kids, and just everything that's going on. It's a lot on your plate.
3: It's a lot. Uh, all kids just want to be who they are. They, they want to be free to be you and me, mm-hmm. run around in the backyard and have the freedom to be who they are and not be judged for it. And to have a circle, that, just like us as adults, to have a circle of friends that, that mm-hmm. love us and lift us up no matter what weird shit we're doing. That's why you love me, Carrie. I love
1: you, Val. I'll eat my pizza (laughs) and I'm loving you. (laughs) Valerie, I have to say that, you know, aside from you being my best friend. Also, can I side note? Is this the first time you've talked to Ashley since... You we we were not chosen as best friends no, for scary I th- mommy.
0: I think we've we've talked before. Yeah, uh, shortly we had like my birthday a, yeah. maybe or when you guys first started doing this we talked. So I'm like, whoa. is well, we've this the also first- like we've also like sent messages to each other on right. Instagram and stuff like right, that, right, right, and right. obviously right. text. But I was just like, whoa, is
1: this the first time since we were all considered for that other podcast? <laughs> but I just want to say that seeing just like the the change from not only I'm a person who's not going to have a kid shit I have triplets to oh one of my triplets I think might be autistic to oh I have two kids with learning needs oh I have three kids with learning needs oh I have have another another kid. kid like I have an IUD baby on the way (laughs) <laughs> right I have a baby that I used all the protection and I still got pregnant like this is what happens it's been amazing to see you rise to the occasion not that I ever thought you wouldn't because you rise to every occasion but you really have become such an advocate for other
3: people who to navigate this isn't that what a lover is they step up
0: period yeah, yeah. Right? and to have your kids needs met Period. I mean, that's what you hope a mother is, at least. Not everyone is, but... I
3: appreciate the praise, but at the same time, I always think of all the mothers I know, and they're strong people who step up for their kids, specifically if their child is voiceless. You do it. Period. That's what you do. When
1: Cash the other day not only held my hand, but like sat on my lap and had eye contact, remember you said, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. (laughs) I like cried. I went home. I told Leo, I was like, oh my God, Cash and I had like a full, real moment. Right. You feel like you won the lottery. I feel like I won the lottery, (laughs) truly. I know. Well, thank you for taking time because I know you're hiding in your bathroom, having a glass of wine because all your kids just went to sleep. And these are precious 45 minutes that you have to yourself.
0: Which, by the way, I would like to say, I know that it's like a joke that we hide in the bathroom from our kids. How many different interviews at this point have we done where people have been truly in their bathroom almost every working mother yes yeah and yet somehow i can't poop in peace well i love you to the end of earth
1: you know it i'll cut a bitch for you i love you too mom we will talk to you again because this is a longer conversation but we wanted to get specifically your ideas about school in this weirdo time yeah completely terrible time
3: that we're all living through
1: yes Where you have to have like five iPads in order to do all of your business. Or none and just do the basics. Any other things that you want to plug? Tell us where we can find you. You're like, please don't find me.
0: (laughs) Please, please leave
1: me alone. (laughs) Number one, don't find me. That's the first thing. (laughs) I don't want to plug anything. Just don't find me. (laughs) Don't find me, but I'm here for you. (laughs) You're like, I'm an introvert. I never leave
0: the house. Please don't find me.
3: That, that'd be great. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> and I think that's a great place to end it. <laughs> You're
1: like, I already have four
0: children. Do not find me.
1: Like, I have no time I, for
0: you. I want no one else to find me at this point. But I'm never talking to you. <laughs>
3: I don't. I will happily respond to anyone
0: that has questions if they
3: email you guys.
0: And your email is what? Oh, God.
3: I email is your email and you will
0: forward it. Great. Yeah, There you go. You can email momtouragepod at gmail.com and we will pass it on to Val for you. Well, thank you so much. I love you, Mom. I love you. Thank you, Val. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Our next guest is an actor, educator, theater director, and even on a school board. She is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and the influencer you know as this season's gold. Welcome, Jessica.
4: Hi, everybody. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Jessica. Now, Ashley and I are
1: from New Jersey, so we go hard, Jersey style.
4: Yeah. So am I. I'm definitely yeah. a Jersey girl. Nice. What part are you from? So I'm from Northern Jersey. I was actually born and raised in uh, Jersey City. Yes. I'm in Union City. Oh. Okay, And I'm from
0: Weehawken, Union City, like literally across the street, you're in one or the other. Right. So
4: we know Boulevard East.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Very well.
1: I actually, before I knew Ashley, I lived a couple doors down from where she lives now before we met. But I'm from um, Margate, New Jersey, which is like way south, almost by Delaware.
4: Yeah, I have family all over the state, up and down. Are you Cuban, Jessica? No, I'm Puerto Rican. Oh, I'm Cuban. All right. There you go.
0: (laughs) Caribbean sisters. So I know you're not an expert on all 50 states. No. (laughs) But could you offer a little Insight into what it's starting to look like nationwide. We know some schools are totally back in session already. It's not going well.
4: No. Yeah, not
0: going well at all.
4: No. You know, honestly, I do read a lot of what's happening, you know, in Georgia and some of these other uh, places around the country. I know that as an influencer, I also am following a lot of moms online and I'm seeing them sharing their opening days of school and, you know, they're home with their kids. And I know I have one, so I can only speak to what I'm seeing when parents have more than one child at home. And it looks like it's it's a crazy mess. <laughs> it's yeah. just really hard to juggle all of that. And then you'll be productive if you do even have the opportunity to work from home while you have your children at home versus let's say you have to get out of the house and go do your job somewhere else. It just really is a conundrum. <laughs> for all of us or
1: a nightmare that's you could also call it a nightmare i think we've talked about that endlessly on the show about although it's more of a nightmare to open up your schools and have all the kids sick and
4: that's worse
0: so yeah that's something that we've talked about endlessly on the show and it's uh it's really not great it's not a great scenario for any of us
4: i'm someone who's a big advocate for getting you know, especially moms, but just any parent, obviously, or even guardian, just to get out there and be as vocal as possible. If you have a scenario you figured out, honestly, it doesn't hurt to call and ask them. I actually, upon receiving the survey for my son a week and a half ago, I immediately responded with, about nine questions. I wanted detailed answers. <laughs> I wrote to the principal. She didn't get back to me within 48 hours. And so then I forwarded it to the superintendent. Funnily enough, the superintendent emailed me back and said, What's your phone number? I said, Here you go. I'm waiting for your call. <laughs> and we spoke yesterday for 25 minutes because great. And then I gave him the lowdown. I said, This is what's working. This is what's not working. This is what can't happen again, you know, based on what happened in the spring you know, things like grades. And my son didn't miss a beat with all of his assignments. And yet he only received one grade for the entire March to June timeline. That was unacceptable. So I am often a big advocate for people going to the school boards. You are allowed to go to the school board meeting. They are public meetings. They have to put them out a year in advance, right? When this new school year comes out, which in the next few months, or rather I should say the next few weeks, you should be able to see all the board meetings that are coming out for the upcoming year so that you can Mm. be at them. They might be virtual, but that doesn't mean anything. You just find the Zoom link or request it and and get on in there and, and say your piece.
0: And that's a nationwide law that school board meetings are listed a year ahead of time?
4: Yeah. In terms of it being a public meeting, if it's a public school and you have the right to have your money taken as part of your (laughs) contribution to the public school district. I am almost certain that that is the, the law that you are allowed to attend board meetings. Now there are elements to board meetings that you could be excluded of, you know, if they are, um, specific meetings that have to happen about personnel or things of that nature, which they'll ask you to step out of the room and leave, or in this case, virtually. But by all means, you have a right to have your voice heard at these public meetings when they're speaking about public matters that affect the public school district. There has to be a fair exchange of ideas. And this particular situation in this pandemic is not an easy answer. There's no easy fix to it. Like I said, just speaking to the superintendent yesterday, the idea that we're going to all go back to school and it's all going to be this seamless transition, it's just not.
1: Even if there wasn't a pandemic, just being gone for this long would be kind of tricky.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I feel like, honestly, the idea of sending a child to school, I know one of the big things throughout this whole last couple of months has been structure and socialization and I didn't think about this, but a, a good friend of mine, she's a been a librarian at a school in Rockland for over 20 years. She said to me, you know, I worry about socialization too, but if I had to weigh the pluses and minuses in my personal life with my family, I send my son to do activities with his friends outside. We go bike riding. We see friends at the park. Even up until, you know, maybe even November, December, there's a way to have socialization. So if we have to wait phase one out, or quarter one out, let's say for children, you know, she convinced me that that made sense. Like, I'm not going to suddenly like shut my doors, you know, other things are open and optional to keep my kid engaged, you know, it's hard. Are you physically going to be returning to school this fall to teach? And if so, or if not,
1: so I guess, how are you feeling about um, this upcoming school year?
4: So am I returning? I just personally got word. That for my subject in high school, I won't be teaching in person. Wow. That broke my heart. My students will be going back to school one day a week, and the rest will be virtual. High school students are older, and so they manage things a little differently, and and it looks different, obviously, for elementary schools. But as a subject specific teacher in my particular area, theater and film and, and the classes that I teach are going to be held virtually at the current moment. I'm extremely sad about that. But I also encouraged it in favor of what classes I believe students ideally should be getting in the classroom when they're physically present. And teaching theater for me is about seeing their faces and them seeing mine. And to try to teach my curriculum with masks on socially distant, I feel that I could create a curriculum and already have actually this whole summer work towards creating content that will allow them to express their voice, be seen, be heard, because that's ultimately what my subject area is meant to do for them. So that's why I leaned towards virtual knowing I didn't even like it, but I know it's going to be the benefit for my students to be quite honest at the moment. And to that second question, I'm sad about it. I I want to be in person theater. And my subject is about being in person live interaction, you know, the social aspect of all of those things that matter so much to us thriving as a society. Let's be real. I mean, I've been on one too many virtual conferences already this summer, and it just feels so alienating. Yeah, I think
1: people are screened out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If people are planning on physically sending their children into school, which is obviously we all have this option, whether the schools are doing it or not, or I guess if they're not doing it, it's not an option, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. What should parents be looking for from schools in terms of precautions and protocol? And you know what is on us as parents to put these in place and make sure that they are actually happening?
4: So I think the first thing you want to do, especially here in New Jersey, it's a lengthy document, let me tell you, but it's on the nj.gov website, the road back plan, I believe it's what it's called. Mm -hmm. That's the lengthier version if you're really interested in going into the detail of what the state is currently looking and expecting from each district. So there's that, right? That's on the macro level, right? That's like all the big stuff. But on the local level, the first thing you should be able to do, and this is what I did, which is what caused me to email the principal immediately. You should know the following things. You should know how they're planning on having students in groups, so whether that's a squad, a pod, or whatever they're calling it, how many are going to be in that group. You should definitely be also looking for them offering and expecting PPE, so personal protection equipment, so the students are going to be required to wear masks, they are going to have hand-washing opportunities frequently, That there are also going to be people that are holding students accountable to doing all of these things. Now, I speak through the high school lens and I also speak through like the older child lens. Right. I have a sixth grader. Right. I know that that's a challenge for K through five even, or K through four, right? I have twin nieces that are, we're just about to start kindergarten and I know them. There's no way they're keeping their mask on. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, when you're looking for these types of things, you have to consider, you know your child best and you have to also think, you know, if there's an adult in the room with my child that's going to requiring them to keep their masks on, what kind of interaction would that look like? You know your child. You know if that's going to be something that's going to be contentious, you know, between like a five-year-old. And Yep. <laughs> I think that you just have to, all the things that you've seen on the news, you know. And to me, the bigger thing is making sure that they have people in place to keep those checks and balances accountable. Right. Like, I don't know. I worry about even just telling my son, I said, you know, all it takes is one kid to be silly enough to lower his mask and make some gesture because he thinks he's funny for the day. And that just blow up into some classroom management issue. Yep. Those are the subtle details that we don't think about when we are thinking about sending our kids back to school. You know, we can't control every kid. We we think all our kids are amazing, but then they're bullies at school sometime. And they're all the, <laughs> I, I just, yeah. It's it's a lot.
1: I mean, like you said, there's so much like it changed this morning for you. So I know so much is still up in the air for the school year nationwide, but it looks like virtual learning will still at least be an option or a component. Yes. Of the school year for many states. Do you have any
4: tips on getting the most out of virtual learning? Sure. I was actually just creating a list myself Mm -hmm. yesterday. And you're right. Let me just bring up this point before I give you the list in my mind, uh, what I think works. But uh, just this morning, my husband and I were talking about a school in New Jersey, a daycare program had to shut down after a few COVID positive employees were there. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. Yeah. This was in the Millville School District. It was Mm. just this morning. It was just posted. Uh, This morning, you know, and that's the thing. You're going to have all this structure sending them in for two days, but then that structure that you fought so hard to try to have might turn virtual at any moment. So, to the list, right? The great segue into what could you have? A few things that I immediately had to get was a better desk for my son. What I learned over the course of quarantine with no school was that he likes to stand up at his desk. That's <laughs> healthier. Like, yeah, yeah. For someone who's an educator, you think you know everything and then you still learn new things. So, <laughs> Never assume you know everything for sure. Um, But he likes to learn standing up and moving around a little bit more. So by all means, I got him a desk that could help him do that better. So definitely uh, the desk that's suitable for their height, a chair that's suitable for them. I just saw a chair that is great for younger kids. Uh, Oh, I wish I knew the name of it. But uh, it basically swivels around so that if kids need a little bit of movement in their chair, it swivels around. So getting a chair that is mobile. I've seen that. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah.
1: I just think it's like they call it like a fidget chair.
4: Yeah, exactly. And again, you know, this is not require that your child is specifically, you know, needing these things. It's just all those little things that add to the element of what is not a natural school day. They're going to need more movement in their house in different ways, right? So a chair that swivels, something that has wheels on it thinking about all the l- passwords you have to have for all of the different logins they're going to need for the school year. So maybe have oh a little list. So hopefully
1: your kids are better at login passwords <laughs> than me. <laughs> yeah. No,
4: seriously. But I mean, writing all those passwords out because he's like, I don't remember it. I can you Yeah, me too, <laughs> me too, brother. Me too. Meanwhile, I'm over here with 47. I don't even know. Um, yep. Yeah. (laughs) So but like having those things ready, because that is the difference between a seamless morning and a crazed morning where then you can't get anything done. So having all those passwords written right out like in maybe big block letters, if you could print it out buying a whiteboard. I just went on Amazon yesterday. I bought a whiteboard. I'm currently using my son's gamer headset (laughs) because Mm. it comes with a microphone. I feel like the kids are going to be online and you don't want that to necessarily be broadcast throughout the whole house. So if you can get a set of headphones that have that little mic, I found them. Most of them are the gamer headsets, even though he's not really the biggest gamer ever. Charging station, (laughs) right? Be next to the outlet. I'm, yep. I'm being practical here, right? Because those no, are these little, are
0: good. These are good logistics.
4: These are the things that we don't think about because we're thinking about the macro of it all. We're thinking about like, okay, where's the where are the books going to come from? Where are the flashcards coming from? But when it all comes down to it, at some point they're going to be in front of a screen and you're going to need power and you're going to need to make sure that that doesn't die or the kid's interrupting you. Can I get through a cup of coffee while this kid is like learning?
0: Probably not. <laughs> no, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Probably not. We have toddlers, so definitely. <laughs> (laughs) not for us. This
4: is true. Listen, for sure. And I have one. So I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I have one in heaven, but I definitely know what it's like to have one here. And thinking about the parents who have two or three children or twins, like my brother right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We were just talking to um, someone who has triplets and another kid. So four kids, two with special needs, and they're all being homeschooled right now because of the pandemic.
4: You know, I have to say something about that. I would think, so that's the thing. Homeschool is definitely different than remote learning. And homeschool is, a whole I should say they're thing. remote learning because it's oh, they're not
1: they're not purposely oh, okay. homeschooling. Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, because that was one of the things that I notice is being kind of thrown around and I get confused, too. And so whenever I talk to anyone or I'm invited to talk to people, I want to always make sure that homeschool is where you've chosen to take your, your child out of the district as a student overall and decided to cr- find your own curriculum purchase your own curriculum and many moms are doing that many moms are getting i doing it and potting yeah right
0: but i mean my kid's three so it's like you know i'm not really worried about him right. learning right not not <laughs> learning certain things because yeah. of my lack of education as a teacher because i'm not a teacher you know no, I, I you know what you. the color red is you're good <laughs> right like i know my abcs we got yeah. this
4: yeah so no, that's true and that's the difference between homeschooling making that choice right I want my child in pre-K, let's say, if that's what you're thinking, or I can somehow make it where I'm home and I can teach them those basics. And then you have so many resources available to you online. So um, even Target, to be honest, right? You just go get those flashcards and you're good to go. Well,
0: let me ask you this. And thank you for that differentiation because you know, as I said, we're using, this is a two-part episode or series. Yeah. And we're talking to a representative who can kind of speak on all the different options. And you're the first person to say that. So thank you. Cause I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So as an educator yourself, are you willing to share what you're going to be doing with your son? Are you going to be sending him in at all? Is, are you just going to keep it completely remote?
4: So i just press that, but it's like signing. I saw a meme recently like Ariel signing her voice away. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Yep, <laughs> saw it. It immediately pulled me in. I was like, that's what I just did. Yeah, so I currently signed him to be remote only. Now, that was after talking to my husband. A little bit. and <laughs>
0: You
1: sound like me. I'm like,
0: mm,
4: I let you know after. Isn't that yeah. nice? <laughs> like,
0: you were a part of this decision in that I considered what you may possibly think. Exactly.
4: Honestly. I'm telling you, after it happened, isn't that yeah. nice? Yeah. You know, we have to be real. Let me be real for a second. I would be super real. My husband has gotten to go to his office every day. And this decision comes down to me being home and my son being home. Yeah. And us figuring this out. That doesn't mean that my husband is not helpful. I love him to pieces. He's phenomenal. But like he gets to leave and has to because right because we need a two income house. Right. We can hold it. You know, no fault of his own. But by all means, this is coming down to me and what I can handle in this house. So I am choosing to keep him remote. He is old enough for me to consider, you know, Julian, my son, to consider his options. My son said, listen, both ways, my mental health will be affected. I feel that you will help me better in handling. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it Sounds
0: like you have a very mature
4: child. Uh, too mature, honestly. <laughs> they always are, you know... 10 going on 30. (laughs) I've chosen to keep my son remote because I need to ensure that there is structure and schedule. Sending him in, while I necessarily don't see anything wrong with that, if the systems were in place, I personally feel that at some point down the road, we may all be virtual anyway. Yep. And I need to get on the structure train much sooner. <laughs> and so that way, if something were to happen down the road, and he was going to school two days a week, I don't have to reinvent myself sometime in the middle of September or day two of school, let's be frank, because that's what we're seeing around the country. So you already
1: have a setup so that it's not like do over time the whole time. Yeah,
4: yeah. And what
0: a great perspective and
4: plus way it's to handle less it.
1: disruptive to your son and to you. Mm-hmm. Right,
4: right. And I know, and to be honest, it's only two half days to begin with. And I mean, that's a lot of time in the scope of do I have time to myself to do my own job here at home?
1: We've been talking a lot on our show about how this pandemic has really exposed how truly difficult it is to be a mom and also have a job as a teacher and a mom who is working and educating other children while trying to also care for your own child. Do you have any tips and being like a kickass influencer? Do yeah. you have any tips on how to handle it all? We're always looking for the tips, you know, all the tips.
4: all the tips. Uh, You know what? Let me start. I do have a few, but I'm going to start by saying this. There's no wrong way to be a mom. And you do what you have to do to make it work
0: pretty much our ethos
4: over at Trash, you know yeah seriously i mean that's really much the bottom line it may not look pretty it may not look neat as transparent as i can be i'm sitting right now in a room that was supposed to be the beauty makeup sort of office room it looks like everything and anything exploded in here <laughs> and you know and at the same time i'm like yeah this is where you're gonna learn kiddo <laughs> But if I did have a few thoughts, I would say this: give yourself grace, even if that's in an extra five minutes of a shower. Give yourself the opportunity to not be so hard on yourself. I am someone who often—I'm a perfectionist. I'm a Virgo.
2: Same. And
4: I am so hard on myself, and yep. part of the reason I have this season's gold is because I lost my daughter at 34 weeks pregnant. Oh, um, I'm sorry. And my, That's okay. And I thank you. And I started this journey as the influencer, trying to tell women, listen, even after this, you can come back, you can get back up. And that was part of why I started this in the first place five years ago. And so to speak to what you're asking me, I mean, the first thing is just knowing that we're going to make mistakes throughout this. This is No one is doing this right and no one is doing this wrong. And when you think about the bigger picture, this is something no one has ever even gone through and still being a mom and getting them fed and even getting them educated to the best of your ability and doing your job to the best of your ability is the best you can do. We are go-getters as moms. We are willing to go above and beyond for our kids and our own jobs because we're also kick-ass women to begin with before our kids and even more so after.
0: Jessica, I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time to hang out with us, to chat with us. You and I have kind of like run in the same circles. I know you have never heard of me. I have heard of you. (laughs) So it's really nice to connect with you. Thank you
4: so much for having me. I really appreciate sharing so much of what I hope can be a light, a beam of light of hope for all the moms and and families out there really trying to figure out what to do in an unfigure-outable time, if that can even make sense, you know? Jessica, thank you. We would love for you to come back and hang out with us again.
0: Bring me in for the juicy stuff. Oh, yeah. We we (laughs) love juicy stuff on this show.
4: (laughs) And uh, everyone go follow her. And thank you so much. Good luck with the school year. You got this. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone out there listening. I hope everyone has a great year and just trust the process and and be there. i love that. Thanks, Jessica. Bye-bye.
1: Hashtag swag bag. All right, hashtag swag bag. Can I go first? Please. All right, so I've been doing this way before JLo did it, not to brag, but <laughs> curly haired girls out there um probably already know this, but silk pillowcases. So JLo does it so that she doesn't get wrinkles on her face. And that is definitely a plus of silk pillowcases. Plus they're like really nice and cool. Oh, it's for wrinkles?
0: I thought it was for acne. Wow. I'm
1: going to get a silk pillowcase. No, it's for wrinkles, yeah. Oh. But I have been using it for hair forever because curly hair breaks easily and curly blonde hair is the most fragile. And so I can get multiple days out of my hair when I sleep on a curly haired pillow because it just flattens it without frizzing it. And then I can kind of pick it out and smooth it out and get lots and lots of days out of my hair without it getting frizzy. Do you travel with
0: your silk pillowcase?
1: I don't, I should. But I don't. But I'm not really doing a ton of traveling. But I have a couple of silk pillowcases, and they stay cool. And I always really like a cool pillow.
0: And yeah, I love a silk pillowcase. Yeah, I think when you become the kind of person who travels with their pillow, the Tinsley Mortimer style of life, um, it's just interesting. It's just a strange, a strange uh, way to be. I guess Luna just walked into the room, and I think Luna wants
1: to say something. Luna, do you want to say? What are you saying, Luna? the microphone. Can you say hi? Hi! Hi, Luna. Can you say, what are you doing? Hi, everybody. Hi. Oh. And can you say bye? Bye. Bye, can Luna. You say, Mermaid. 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 Can you say, what does a bear say? There we go. There you have it. Live. <laughs> Oh, and the other thing is silk pillowcases I they come in at various different price points. Like I have some really expensive ones and I have some really cheap ones. Super, super, super cheap
0: is not good, but mid is fine. Mm. Mid is fine. Are you gonna link to one? Yeah, yeah of course. All right, so you'll put it into the script. Mom, I will. I'm going to go with an old tried and true this week, and that is Bravo. It's Real Housewives of New York. This has been a trend of mine for five months now since we've been, and honestly, way before this pandemic. But boy, oh boy, do I just turn to that warm hug that is Real Housewives of New York. Whenever I'm just feeling a little down, I told you guys last week my grandmother passed. The world is just weird and... um. I just need some comfort, and it comes to me in the form of Ramona and Sonia and Luann and Bethany and the other rotating cast of characters. Uh, it just, just feels so good, and it's on Hulu, and if you're ever feeling down and you just need some insignificant drama craziness, give it a try. All right. Love you all. Love you. What a show. We great have to go show. take care of our children now. What? <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next See week. See you next week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear
1: from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long.
1: We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Mom Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.